former reality TV host tests positive for COVID-19. Can you guess which former reality TV show host tested positive for COVID-19? Mario Lopez? Oh, jeez. We already know. Well, are we talking about Donald? I mean, we're not talking about Tequila, tequila here, are we? Well, we you know, if, 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 if it was Tia Tequila, chances are she would come down with something else. expressed in the following are those of its participants and do not necessarily reflect those of the producers and the Six Talk Podcast Network. Also, the following contains mature material and mild language, which may not be suitable for all audiences. Discretion is advised. And the podcast now begins for this Thursday night, October the 1st, 2020. This is episode 25 of the Anime Roundtable version 2. Mike Nicholas, once again at six points in the Toronto West End, joined as usual by James Austin and Kevin Ng. Once again, you can get in touch with us. Email us, animeroundtable at gmail.com. We're on Twitter and Instagram at Anime Roundtable. AnimeRoundtable.com is our website with show notes and past episodes. And we'll mention the Discord with hopes we can do something with that in the near future. And don't forget, please give us a review wherever you get your podcasts, whether it be Apple or Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, or the like. And hopefully it's a positive one since it'll help us out immensely. So we're taking a slightly different approach to the episode this week. We are beginning to tape this episode on the Thursday evening, and here's why. Over the last month or so, we have talked on and off about the streaming acquisition by Bell Media of the original Sailor Moon television series for their Crave service here in Canada. And since the announcement and subsequent premiere, there has been a little buzz. Various Canadian celebrities and personalities have expressed their happiness about it on various social media platforms to the point it has actually trended on Twitter briefly, often heralding it as a flashback to when they were younger. It has even gotten to the point where the show has appeared on Crave's homepage as a staff pick. Now, as we have talked about it on this show, we've been careful not to make too much out of all of these developments in terms of the future of anime on Canadian broadcast and streaming services, especially in light of all the other things we've been known to talk about here. Nonetheless, when I looked at the screen grab of the Crave homepage this morning, something caught my attention that I'd like to flesh out a little bit. And who better to help us out with that than the guy who broke the story on the acquisition? Jesse Betteridge, the host of the Zanin Canada podcast, joins us from Vancouver and Jesse, thanks again for doing this on such short notice. Mike, uh, it's always a pleasure to be on Anime Roundtable, uh, and so it's no problem at all. And and hey, I'm more than happy to talk about this because if you follow me on social media, you've probably noticed that I have been 
hyper fixated on this subject for uh, for for a few weeks now, and I uh, I feel no shame about that at all because there are worse things you could be hyper fixated on uh, in this particular period of time. Oh, no kidding. Okay, so here's what caught my attention, and anyone familiar with Crave will know this. Crave's service, for better or worse, acts like an umbrella uh, for a handful of banners. And those banners will add to the cost of your subscription there, depending on what you want. The basic subscription at 10 bucks gets you most of Bell Media's programming, their acquisitions, and mainly Showtime programming from the States. An extra $10 gets you HBO stuff, which we've talked about before. Let's not go there. Then at the top level, a final additional $10 gets you the STARS programming. So you can be looking at anywhere from $10 to $30 per month. The upshot is if Bell Media acquires the streaming rights for a title or network, it's likely going to be on Crave in some form. And entries for various programs on Crave will have a logo basically telling you what banner they're originally from, like the HBO banner or Showtime banner, or in the case of Bell Media properties, the broadcast channel they were airing on. In the case of Sailor Moon, I noticed the logo of WoW Unlimited. It was your tweet that I noticed all of this on, Jesse. And I know this isn't lost on you either, since when we first hung out at Anime North last year, you told me a little bit about WoW Unlimited, and we speculated on their potential plans. And I know you've talked about this for some length on Xanon, and I want to share that primer with our listeners as well. Where do we start? Where do well, you want to start with uh, WoW Unlimited? Well, I guess we should probably start with what this company is. So WoW Unlimited is a joint venture, or rather, not it's not a joint venture. It is the result of the merger between Rainmaker Studios, also f- formerly known as Mainframe Studios, who have now created a new offshoot. Mainframe. Yeah, yeah, a new offshoot studio, which they have called Mainframe, which is not the same thing as the original Mainframe, uh, rest assured. Um, so it is a, uh, the result of the merger between uh, Rainmaker and Frederator Studios. Uh, mm-hmm. So Frederator Studios is the company of Fred Sabert, uh, who is instrumental in many very important U.S. brands over the years, like MTV and Cartoon Network. He, like his... Um, uh, he he was responsible for the pilots of many of the most uh, influential Cartoon Network shows like Dexter's Laboratory. And then his when he formed his studio, Frederator Studios, they also were the producer for Adventure Time. And then that company went on to run a cartoon hangover before they merged with Rainmaker to become WoW Unlimited. So th- this um, company is something that's seen as having a lot of potential. Uh, whether or not they've fulfilled that potential quite yet is uh, is not clear. Um, it's it's re- run both by Sabert himself, but also also Michael Hirsch. So Michael Hirsch, uh, he is the former head of Nelvana, and also he was the co-founder of Teletune, uh, and in addition to a number of other companies. So uh, we're we we have a uh, so this this is the. This company symbolizes the partnership of two titans in Canadian and American television production, specifically Mm -hmm. uh, children's television production. Um, So the biggest things that are associated with WoW Unlimited so far don't actually have anything to do with Crave. 
they've produced uh, the Castlevania series for Netflix, which of course is not for children. Uh, <laughs> and they've also been responsible for uh, Reboot the Guardian Code. So, you know, the, uh, the fruits of the labor have varied greatly. Um, yes. I, don't, I don't know if you guys have talked about Reboot the Guardian Code uh, on this yeah, show at all. Uh, you don't. It's not something I would recommend focusing an episode on. But if you ever have a chance, <laughs> just check out episode ten of that show. It is. Uh, it's remarkable. Uh, it is just amazingly amazing that they could produce something that tone deaf oh, and oh. <laughs> their their own audience or who their audience is. It's it's incredible. Rest yeah. um, well, I I just want to note, uh, Fred Siebert. Uh, he stepped down the, about a month ago. There, it's noted here that he he stepped down from. Oh, he, has, he so he has stepped down from WoW Unlimited. Yes, it was, okay, so... uh, it was noted uh, in an article about a month ago. Okay, I missed that then. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, well, here uh, I'll, I'll I'll send you the link about in late August sure. apparently, but he still very, he's that's still very recent. Yeah, uh, yeah. but anyway, he uh, yeah, but nonetheless, S- Sabert's not in Sabert's not involved anymore, but it's still. Uh, his his company, Frederator Studio, formed. Oh, I, I think he, yeah, I think he stepped down from the major operations. Yeah, but he'll still he's, he'll, he's still, still involved have, with the company. I believe. Oh yeah, he still has uh, some yeah. involvement. Yeah, absolutely. By all accounts, um, right now, Wow Unlimited, it's seems like it's a company that they're not, they're not quite sure um, what it's going to be, but there are plans that are kind of brewing in the background. So they do have a partnership with Crave, uh, and the reason that they um, uh, and the reason behind that partnership is the potential to produce or license youth programming. So uh, Crave is run by Bell Media, of course, and Bell Media is one half of our private media uh, duopoly. And <laughs> traditionally, <Wow>. yes, <laughs> yeah, and, and tra- uh, traditionally they have not dealt with like children's or youth programming really at all. Despite the fact that we have so many children's broadcasters in Canada, none of them are run by Bell Media. They're all run by either Chorus, by, oh, what's the, what, what are the Mainly games? Chorus. <laughs> Mainly Chorus, actually. Yeah, Cor- Chorus, uh, d- the company, what, what, what's the, oh, is oh, it DHX or the DHX they're a new company like now, that, right? Yes, the company that runs Family Channel now. Yeah, yeah. The, uh, the former, um, the former Disney uh, licensor, well, until Disney actually branded themselves right. here. Wild Brain, Wild Brain, uh, Wild Brain mm-hmm. owns a few brands, and there's a couple of independent ones, uh, like TunaVision, which is actually run out of the Maritimes, uh, and they're they're independent. Mm-hmm. So the idea was that a part, uh, there was a partnership that formed between Crave and Wow Unlimited, and the idea was that Wow Unlimited would launch a new linear channel, which would be Bell Media's youth brand essentially that would go under their umbrella just uh, uh just a, yeah and backtracking a little bit on the story mm-hmm. it that channel was pegged to have been the former comedy gold yes so comedy gold shut down uh, about a year and a half ago now i think and the plan September was that first last year last I year believe okay. it was okay so a little over a year mm-hmm. um and the plan was that comedy gold would become the wow channel or whatever i don't we don't know what it was going to be called i'm assuming it's going to be what was going to be wow world because uh that's the brand that you see used on crave and there's also an there's already a wow channel that is a chinese language service in canada 
Okay. Oh. And but for because they can't for so no no one's really sure why the station hasn't launched yet. They keep saying that there is an expectation that it had to launch by a certain point due to business or for regulatory reasons, but it never did. We've heard a variety of excuses like the fact that uh, they need more investors lined up or a more reliable source of content. It's not really clear. Uh, so and- the investor reports are still saying that they intend to launch the station. So uh, who knows what's going to happen with that? We might see the station. We might not. But right now they are a brand that's under Bell's umbrella that is kind of being treated like a station, but without a broadcaster. <laughs> yeah. And, and at this point, so the station itself remains in mothballs, but yeah. it's still there. So in in relation to Bell's sort of non-existent history with youth programming, uh, you'll notice that there's not a whole lot of kids programming on Crave, if you've ever browsed through the service. It's a little better than it used to be, but it's nothing compared to basically any streaming competitor service that you can find out there. Um, <laughs> True. So <laughs> WoW Unlimited has been tasked with basically building Crave's kids section. In fact, the whole reason there is a kids section now on Crave, which wasn't there two years ago, uh, was the exp- was because they had been licensing content. Uh, and they had a partnership with Wildbrain or DHX, and they had a few titles um, on the service for a little while. One of those was the actual first anime on Crave, which was Spider Riders. Um, but because, of course, Wildbrain uh, is a competitor, uh, that deal didn't even last for two years. And uh, you can actually find that, all that stuff on Tubi now. Uh, they had they had a few ah. other titles like uh, the Super Mario Brothers Super Show, and, oh and a few other things. I but, actually I actually had a, I actually pouted about not being able to get the channel for that as a kid. <laughs> That's a long. Well, you story. can watch it whenever oh, you I, want now, Mike. Oh, I, some, uh, looking back on it, I wasn't missing a thing. Okay, so what's under the Wow umbrella now in terms of on Crave Sailor Moon aside? From what you they have reboot, of course. Uh, mm-hmm. the, the original reboot. Um, they do have another anime ke- series called Zozo Zombies, which I think you can actually find a few other places as well. Uh, but that is that that is a very much for kids uh, kind of series. I, I thought it was Korean at first, but it actually is a Japanese production. Okay. Yeah, off the top of my head, I can't. I think they have like uh, they have reboot. Do they have Beasties then too? Or they no? do not. They only have reboot because the license. That's the only license that they they have, uh, or that that. Rainmaker Studios still had that they were able to uh, to use. I think the rights to basically all their other stuff is is kind of scattered now because no Shadow Raiders, uh, no Shadow Raiders. No, oh, I don't know who owns Shadow Raiders right now. Uh, yeah. Beast Wars, Beast Wars is owned by Hasbro uh, for sure. I don't know, but I'm not sure about Shadow but Raiders. That makes it even weirder because Beast Wars and Beasties are the same thing. So they are, yeah, yeah. yeah. For those who don't mm-hmm. know. <laughs> Yeah, but you'll forget, right? <laughs> yeah, but but overall, not a robust selection of children's programming on uh, on on Crave. So one th- one other thing that uh, okay, so l- let me take a step back. A couple of years ago, the the vice president for the Wow Network uh, or the the television streaming portion of Wow Unlimited, uh, Marnie Shulman, was posting on Twitter about interest in anime and a few people were were talking to her about that um she doesn't go on twitter very often in fact she's, she's kind of left it behind 
um, <laughs> from what I can see. But one thing that she mentioned all the way back then was that uh, she was interested in Sailor Moon. Um, she used to actually work on uh, Show Me. She was one of the programmers for Show Me, which was Chorus's old streaming service. It was uh, a Cor- Chorus and Rogers had a Chorus and Rogers a- joint partnership. partnership. Yes, and that so was that- like. That came out at the same time as Crave, and it barely lasted a year. And That's I know crazy. it lasted it more than a year. It, but they pushed it on Roger subscribers, just like yeah. they push a lot of other things on us. And I, I, I am still. My, it blows my mind that they they just abandoned that service. It's crazy because they pushed it real hard, just yeah. like they've done with the Jays and baseball and sports net. So it's like exactly. <laughs> they pushed it so hard. They actually they had a they developed a PS4 app for it too, which um Crave has yet to do for their service. Um mm-hmm. and uh if they you know if they start getting more anime, that's something you're gonna hear people complaining about is the lack of uh, of video game console. Uh, yeah, and we've taught and we and uh, remember we talked about Sony's I know it's not really the same thing, but Sony Sony wanting to leverage their anime properties into into their PlayStation a little bit more, or into their strategies a little bit more. But I guess long, for sure. given but, apps and stuff like that, if you think about it, though, it's like, yeah, I, would I like it on my video game console and stuff like that? But I think a lot of them go towards Roku and Apple TV and yeah. the... Things like that, because those are the bigger oceans, from my understanding. Yeah, that's Roku, why you see uh, first, along yeah. with the phones. C- Crave only recently got a Roku app out. I, I, I've recently pivoted from PlayStation to Roku because I guess I'm old now. Um, but and that's that's how you know you're old is when you, when you use Roku. Dude, I hold. I have a. I have an Apple TV and a Chromecast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they they only recently launched that. But um, Show Me was the the. I guess, quote unquote, competitor. Really, the only reason those two services were originally launched was so that they can take licenses from uh, Netflix. Uh, back in the days when you could imagine a service take or um, media companies being able to take down Netflix or or weaken them, uh, it's unthinkable today. Uh, not no, even, they were not, not even Disney could take them down at the time. Uh, at the yeah. time, Netflix came into Canada. I know. The, I know they were upset. I know that the Canadian incumbents weren't happy about it, so they did start these services. And then when and some of them my, tried to play the Canadian content uh, game and yeah. say, "Oh, we're Britain," it's like really, guys. Like, and and as Show Me went down about a year after, I know that the CRTC really gave them the business. They got on their case. Yeah, it was how disappointed yeah. they again, were about that. They gave up on that because so. they they wanted to get subscriber information uh, from them, and Netflix never complies with with those types of requests. And I think it's worth emphasizing, just because a lot of people can be confused about this sometimes, is that Netflix is not regulated. There is no regulation mm-hmm. of streaming services There's in no. Canada, uh, but they uh, they N- Netflix does put a fair amount of money into Canadian productions. Uh, and I mean, that's kind of their, oh, their game is to basically a philanthropic. Yeah. To, 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 well, to try they and make uh, the promise. Right. And that was one of the things they tried to go against them and stuff like that saying yeah. we're in the wild West. We can't do anything. Canadian productions are going to go down because everyone's going to be streaming instead of watching linear television. So, yeah. And, and part is like when you look and sorry, and then I'll let you continue your thought, uh, Jesse, as since then, Netflix has been one of the big drivers for CBC's shows outside of Canada. 
Like yeah. with its convenience. And I think Shit's Creek was shown on Netflix outside of Canada. That's where most people outside of Canada watch Shit's Creek uh, is on Netflix. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Continue your thought. Uh, Jeff. I was just talking about show me how, um, uh, chorus and Shaw and, or Shaw, um, Shaw and Rogers rather abandoned their streaming service very quickly, uh, over the course of less than I think two years, if mm-hmm. maybe, maybe a little more, maybe a little over two years. I can't, it's all the whole, the whole timeline is just kind of mush in my head now. Um, and like, it, st- it still blows my mind because, because of that decision to this day, chorus doesn't have a proper streaming outlet for all of their content, which is, you know, almost half of English language content. Yeah. In the I'm, I'm media system. They, they, there's a new branding that I saw stack. What's where does stack TV sit? In stack TV is a spinoff. It's a channel you can subscribe to if you're already an Amazon prime video subscriber. So it's a, okay. uh, it's a double paywall. It's double paywalled content. Now, if you don't have a cable subscription and you just want a few of the channels that chorus owns, it's not a bad deal. Uh, but just keep in mind that it's still not, true streaming it's not like a true on-demand streaming service you get some on demand but it's like watching on demand through your cable box uh you have ads uh you don't have a full library selection um it's quite fundamentally different from what show me was and it's a real shame they let it go because even if it was losing money uh their whole situation would be very different now if they still had that Mm-hmm. Um, and it, there's just a big question mark over how they're going to handle streaming. And right, right now their business strategy is to just ignore it and keep people watching linear television, which is why you can't really, there's no real good streaming options for, um, for adult swim content, for instance, uh, unless, they, unless they you have some the, kind of cable subscription because they own the, uh, core, uh, course, uh, runs adult swim in Canada. Yes. Yes, of course. Just to uh, just update that. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. And then um, me? Oh, go ahead. Yeah. So, uh, so I, again, Marnie used to work for that company. And then she mentioned that uh, on Twitter, this was a while back, um, when she was just kind of talking with people about acquiring content for WoW Unlimited, that she was interested in anime. And they had looked at Sailor Moon for Show Me back when it was first being licensed around 2014, but it mm-hmm. just never happened for, for whatever reason. Yeah. And so she was communicating this interest quite a while ago. Uh, and then, you know, she, she doesn't post on Twitter. She kind of went dark, but, uh, so she met, she mentioned back then, uh, the interest in Sailor Moon. Uh, and so it's not entirely surprising that, uh, WoW Unlimited wound up licensing the title for, for Crave now. Uh, but it does seem that to fill that, uh, that sort of youth content void in, uh, in Crave, uh, WoW is you know, maybe looking into anime now, which I think is a smart strategy uh, because there's so many titles that aired. I mean, when YTV was running their Bionics block, it was, you know, posited as youth content. Uh, And, you know, it's, it's kind of a limited way of approaching it, of course. But the important thing is that when you can, even if you have to sell it from a certain angle, getting anime on a service like Crave is extremely significant. Yeah, and as I said, it trended for a little while. Yeah, I, I didn't expect that to happen. I, I knew that Crave running Sailor Moon was going to be a big deal. I did not expect so much um, discussion to happen about it that day that it resulted in it tra- uh, Sailor Moon to trend on Twitter in Canada. And I should 
emphasize it's very rare that an anime trends in Canada and not the US. And it actually got to the point later in the day where Crave was trending on Twitter as well because of the Sailor Moon announcement, which is not something I've ever seen. Wow. Uh, and mm-hmm. it, it, it is kind of funny because people were over so overwhelmingly positive about it. They were glad they could watch Sailor Moon. They were glad that Crave had it. And it's just kind of funny because this is the first time I think I've ever seen people positive about having to subscribe to Crave. You almost always just hear <laughs> Crave, is usually, Crave is usually discussed as a nuisance. Uh, people wonder why they have to subscribe to the service and why they can't just have everything on Netflix. Uh, but well, yeah. yeah, I mean... I mean, just to let's backtrack the whole from the point where Shomi left left the business. Yeah, over the and parallel to all that was what happened to Crave and Crave through its part. People were wondering if Crave was about to go under, but quietly Crave just kept adding to itself. The HBO is the most significant one. Showtime, obviously. And that's why. And now they're at the point they're at now. They they just kept trudging if nothing else. But then they became, you know, Bell became the exclusive home for Showtime. Bell became the exclusive home for HBO programming in Canada, and they rolled that as part of Crave. And that's one of the things that you'll hear people complain about uh, for Crave a lot is that it's the service that's denying us HBO Max. Um, right. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Crave and- supposedly has, a, as, as I discussed last time I was on the show, uh, Crave has a deal with HBO Max for exclusive content, except it doesn't cover all HBO Max original content. It only seems to cover everything that's not animated, or at the very least, things that were not produced um, by Cartoon Network Studios. Yeah, direct, uh, just things not directly produced by Warner Media, seemingly. Uh, well, uh, that's 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 not true. Like Close Enough, which was made by Cartoon Network Studios, that's on okay. Netflix. Oh, and okay. it's branded as a Netflix original. Like, I, I, it blows my mind that that um that AT&T and Warner would allow their competitor Netflix to brand their streaming show uh, as a Netflix original outside of the United States that's like that seems really ill-advised in my opinion well I mean There's I don't know like what do I know right else out of that yeah uh, that's my guess anyway but at the very least maybe there was a pick and choose for for Bell in terms of what they wanted who knows as I said, though, last time, Warner Media through HBO Max has the Friends reunion coming up on that whenever they get around to eventually shooting that. I wonder who will have dibs on that in Canada. Who knows? Maybe through the uh, deal Bell Media and Crave have that. That was a global television show when it aired back then. So, you know, of course, I guess. A lot's changed since then. So. <laughs> yeah, obviously a lot's changed in those in the how many years has it been since Friends went off the air? One would think that the Friends reunion will end up in Bell's umbrella when it uh, happens here in Canada. Maybe it would be hilarious if it doesn't. I, uh, yeah, that's it's, it's that's possible. I, I wouldn't. I also wouldn't be surprised if Netflix gets it outside of uh, outside oh, of the fine. United States as well. No, no, that, that's where. Yeah, there's a, that's a possibility. Yeah, that's yeah. A, there's a bunch of ways that could go now. So we're so coming back a little bit now, and Wow Media and making their partnerships, getting the getting Sailor Moon. I, I guess it was them getting Sailor Moon and putting it on Crave. Yeah, Sailor, Sailor Moon's rights belong to in North America belong to Viz, if I'm not mistaken, the the original series. 
or yeah, this has all of Sailor Moon right now in uh, in North America. Mm-hmm. So and this was this has been a pain point for people for quite a while because, of course, Viz is notorious for uh, streaming their content exclusively on Hulu uh, in the United States, um, and it's it's kind of funny because people. Okay, so the fact that uh, Sailor Moon premiering on Crave was such a big deal is kind of funny because it actually has been available on Tubi uh, for about three years now, since 2017. It's only the subtitled version, but it's there. It's available. And it's the whole series, right? Is it the whole series? The entire thing. Because when when the news came out, and then I looked around just to see what other services could possibly have it, and I saw Tubi, and then I actually looked on my app, my Tubi app here, and I was able to watch it. So in that, in one sense, it doesn't feel like a big deal. But it, 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 it okay. So it, it goes to show that we make a big deal about being able to watch anime in Canada. Uh, you know, where the availability is pretty good for anime fans. Like you get, it's pretty rare that a, a new simulcasting show uh, or a new show that is currently simulcasting isn't available. Uh, very rare. That almost never happens now. Uh, catalog titles are a bit of a, a, a different situation, though. Um, but the companies like, um, you know, like Funimation, Viz, uh, their goal pretty much is to, if they can, make the content available. Uh, but I think that this shows that it's not just enough to make it available. Uh, you get an entirely different reaction when you put it somewhere where people can actually find it. It should be emphasized that when Crave launched Sailor Moon, uh they it was a it was a uh it was on the front page of their banner regardless of how you accessed crave uh regardless of what you have watched on crave regardless of what your pr- kind of preferences for content are anybody who signed into crave the first thing they would see would be that banner advertising sailor moon the reason is because basically crave doesn't really that, yeah basically yeah. the screen grab i saw uh yeah and and the, and it was like it's a giant banner it fills your screen it's inescapable anyone who used crave that day would have seen it uh and that's be- also because um crave doesn't use algorithms <laughs> uh like <laughs> netflix does so, so, so something that's kind of seen as a flaw with them is a reason why um visibility was so high for sailor moon um and, and this ties into what i was saying uh last time I was on the show, how it's really important for anime to be a part of like the Canadian media media ecosystem, because as much as like nerds like to say, like, I don't have to watch TV or mainstream stuff. I got, I got all my obscure streaming services to, uh, to, to, to suit my needs. Um, but only those like specialty services are only going to reach the people who already know about the content on there and who want to find the content on there. You're not going to reach the masses on there. A service like Crave, which has all of this stuff under its umbrella, including HBO content, including Showtime content, including stuff like Canada's Drag Race, which just finished a couple of weeks ago. And (laughs) I, I am very certain that people who were tuning into Crave to watch Canada's Drag Race just a few weeks ago probably are part of the audience now watching Sailor Moon. Because they probably saw that logo when logging in. Yeah, exactly. And the and it's important because the people who saw this, they're not anime fans. They are just regular viewers, many of whom watched Sailor Moon on TV when they were kids. And 
This is the let's not read into too too much into this part. Okay. Okay. No, no, I mean, is it? Is it? No, no, go ahead. Because well, if you go reading into it, I, I think it is. And I, you know, I talked about I'm I'm talking I talk about this in the most recent episode of my uh, my podcast, which at and the time of this recording has sure gone. We're going to plug it too at the end. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but, but continue. But if you go, th- if you look at the people who were tweeting about this, they're not anime fans. They're people. They're just normal people who probably haven't watched Sailor Moon at all or sought it out since it left television. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's not that they forgot about it or anything. It's just. They, they never got back to look for it, and, and like brought back some wonderful memories for a lot of them. Absolutely. It would be interesting to see that because obviously we finally have it in Canada in dub form, since as yeah. you said, we only had subtitle. But it would be interesting their reactions because it's been so long, and they redubbed the whole thing with an American cast and yeah. stuff like that. So I'm intrigued to see how. The, probably it was no rain off anyone's back or anything like that, but I'm sure. There might have been a few that might have known. There, it, I mean, if you go on like Twitter and search Sailor Moon Crave, you can see all like like uh, over a week's worth of reactions, and they're they're all great. The, the majority of people didn't care. Uh, some I were a little care. upset, but mo- most people seem to be okay with it. They like this new dub, uh, and yeah, and I think just it's it's most sometimes. Yeah, I mean, because it's just the nostalgia about. goggles and this nostalgia play. You never know how it's going to end up, right? Especially yeah. when rights transfer and they're like, okay, we're going to do it our way now just to get consistency across the series. Yeah. I wonder if there's one line, just like in the Eva redub, was there one line people got really upset about? No, I, I, I probably not. I think if, if there's anything where people are going to have a reaction to in the dub, it's probably Luna's voice. <laughs> but... <laughs> You know what? And, and, and Luna and Luna's original English voice was at Fan Expo all those years ago. So oh, yeah. we met her, Jill. I forgot her last Jill Frappier, I think. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. Yeah, I've met, I've met. I did meet her. Wonderful lady to talk to, too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. So let so let us let's start reading into this a little bit, because and talk about the potentials, Kevin. First yeah. of all, are you there? Yes. Because this is where, in there. yeah, this is where we start can start to say, <clears throat> okay, well, well, Wow made that agreement with, Viz, uh, I guess, went worked with Viz on this one, and Viz has a bit that they put on Hulu. Could they pluck something else out of that? Inuyasha. How is any? Well, you, you, play your, play your wish list. Play your wish list. Kevin. Yeah, yeah play I want to hear your wish list, Kevin. I have a feeling yeah. it's going to be the same as many people's wish list. When it comes but let's to hear this. your what, wish list. I, what, what I want on Crave? No, well, well, the thing is, what else do you? What titles do you hope that? What is Viz now? denying you with their Hulu exclusivity? Yeah, and and because basically, maybe that you, that you can put that on a wish list for what Wow could try to pull off next time for Crave. Huh. If there is more to come, what's on that wish list? Inuyasha, let's start with that. I haven't been paying too much attention to what's available in canon and what's available in, like, where, like, what, I am not, I just know, like, Viz has always been kind of a mixed bag on where it's available in Canada, but yeah, I'm wondering about Inuyasha, actually. That you're ill. Uh, that came to uh, mind. I know. Like, uh, depending on how old you are, when you think Rumiko Takahashi, you think of a, you think of a maybe a trio or a quartet of titles. 
If you're younger, it's likely to be Inuyasha. If you're Neil Sinclair's age, Urusei Yatsura. If, no, Urusei Yatsura, in, in Neil's case. Yeah, trust yeah, me on that. Yeah, sure. But in my, in my age, it's uh, for my age, and uh, yeah, I'll date myself to some degree. It, it becomes a mix between Maison Ikoku and Ranma. Well, they don't have Maison Ikoku anymore. I, I get that, but just saying. When it comes to Rumiko Takahashi. Yeah. So, okay, let's go back to your wish list. Uh, Well, I guess, like, see, I I don't know, to be honest. I didn't really have, I'll I'll be honest, I don't have much of a wish list just because, like, I would just rather see these things on linear TV. That would get me more excited, but JoJo's dub would be interesting if that's not available. I don't know what's the situation with One Punch Man. Or actually, no, that's not even Viz for the anime. What am I saying? It is. Uh, Viz, Viz has, Viz has uh, that, yes. Uh, the season one is on Netflix for the dub. For the that. anime? Yeah. Oh, okay. Or Death Note, even. Death Note is also on Netflix. Quite a, f- oh, okay. a few Netflix, a few Viz titles are on Netflix. Um, but the thing is that, and, and dub and sub. But a lot of the time, they don't have the whole thing. They have they actually have Inuyasha dub and sub, but they only oh. have 50, they only have fifty four episodes. Um, huh. Yeah, there's a development. There's a development there that uh, somebody I needs that. And I bring up Inuyasha because Yashahime is going to be coming out like what the next week or so. So mm-hmm. I'm just It'll like out when show, probably when this episode's out. Okay, so then I'm just thinking, like, if people want to go back and watch Inuyasha, then they'll realize, wait, it's not streaming? What? Yeah. Like, that's probably the reaction that some people will have. Yeah. But yeah, um, if they want that bigger audience, yeah, you would do something bigger like Inuyasha or, for example, Sailor Moon is a no-brainer because it was a cultural symbol way back when it first launched in, like, the early, well, mid-90s and stuff like that. And it just took off and it became a part of the Canadian fabric for a short period of time. And like there were so few shows like that. It's hard to replicate that. I think again for Crave to find that like maybe you could go and get Dragon Ball Z or something like that and put that on there. But I'm sure it's probably been seen already on other uh, streaming services, of course, and stuff like that. I think the automation. I think the key thing to remember is that. And and again, I I want to I want to stress that I have no idea if Crave is going to get anything else. For all we know, th- it could just be Sailor Moon, and that's it. Yeah, and that uh, we'll, this we'll, is probably the last part of the conversation. That's what I was thinking. And we'll I would feel to... it's more a one-off in my mind. We'll it's see. Just... I, I like I, I'm I'm personally keeping my fingers crossed that we're going to see more stuff. And like Inuyasha is like at the top of my list too, and Ranma so, one half. I want to I want to see those two for sure. Well, it's as I said, like. Since this has happened, and as I said, we're reading a little bit because I guess there's a little bit of potential now, now that we're at this point. So there's a, like, it's an, it's an almost anything can happen scenario now. Yeah. And it's a pretty optimistic scenario and it's not a bad scenario. It's somewhat optimistic. I mean, a lot of people are just shocked that Crave got an anime at all. And because Crave is just not, I think that's another part of why Sailor Moon had such a big impact when it showed up on the service is that people didn't think of crave as a service that would have something like anime and this is now like 
kind of challenged that and expanded their idea of what the service is capable of. So, mm-hmm. And if the feedback is good, anything can happen now. We are talking uh, about yeah. yeah, we are talking about uh, at least a company that's backed by part of the duopoly. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> I mean, I hate reinforcing that kind of thing, but that's just the reality we live in. And, you know, I'm going to say keep keep watching Sailor Moon on Crave. Like if, if you've you already watched if you if, yeah, sorry, if you have Crave and I should emphasize it's on the lowest of the of those tiers you mentioned. It is on the lowest tier, the nine ninety nine. It's part of the it's part of the it's part of the Bell Media banners. Yeah, wow is part of the Bell Media banner. So in, in the process, it falls under the ten dollar tier only. Yes. So uh, if you if you happen to have if you subscribed to Crave because of uh, Sailor Moon, I like let Crave know that. Like send them send them an email. Tell them you want to see more anime. More most importantly, like what if you have Crave, watch Sailor Moon. Put it on in the background um, if you've watched it already, <laughs> because uh, you can follow. Like it's a very easy show to follow um, <laughs> in the back when you put it on the background. Um, uh, if you know anybody who was a grew up in Canada in the nineties, um, like just mention it to them, even if they're not someone who like you associate with anime, I think there's a good chance that they watch Sailor Moon and would be interested in going back to it now. And if, yeah. and if you know anybody with kids, yeah, that's another big thing is that some people are what seem to be watching with their kids too, which is really great. <clears throat> Uh, yeah, that's sort of that's about, about as hokey as Mario Lopez watching episodes of Save, Saved by the Bell with her with his daughter or something. Oh God! <laughs> he um, mentioned that actually. Yeah, he actually has made jokes about that. It, it's worth emphasizing though that a lot of these, like with Viz Media, like they got some stuff up here, but it's incomplete. So much is just locked down with Hulu right now. Like Rama one half, the most of Inuyasha. Inuyasha, the final act, has never broadcast or streamed in canada before which i think is kind of oh nuts. really oh yeah. um and uh, uh let's go on let's yeah. go on so a, yeah again from yashihime uh, premieres people might be looking for that and uh and but it's just not streaming anywhere and also like naruto shippuden the the dub it, part part of the dub is on netflix not the whole thing uh same with bleach so you got all this incomplete content. Oh, and yeah, Bleach would have been much of, much of which is complete if you look at Hulu in in the states. So, and it's it's not necessary for like, like in order to have an impact. I think Sailor Moon kind of proved it. It, it doesn't have to be an exclusive because like there wasn't an ex- Sailor Moon wasn't an exclusive. Um, it's already on Tubi, but as long as you you're putting it in front of people on a popular service where you know, the mass eyeballs are, that's going to make all the difference. Um, and, you know, it's, it can be harder to find anime on uh, Netflix too, if you don't already watch anime on Netflix. Uh, but if Crave is putting, could put some of that stuff up front and center, I think that'd be, that'd be really cool because it would reach people who maybe haven't thought about those shows in years. Cause you know, most of them can, yeah, well, can so be programming and, and aired on TV already and have, have kind of a built in audience. So, yeah, I mean, on that well, splash pop- page, yeah. put it beside uh, put it beside the splash page promo for Star Trek Picard, which, by the way, is also on the ten dollars tier. Yeah, they got C- they got C- they got CBS uh, some CBS uh, all access stuff too. Yeah, so but uh, yeah, I mean the the Sailor Moon thing was was crazy. I mean, like they put it. I don't know if you guys had the app on your phone, but they put on a push notification partway through the day too. 
which I think I did. I think I, yeah. I I do have the Crave app. I, I'll check my pushes uh, or my recent pushes. It's just that I don't have the subscription at this point in time. I'll probably resubscribe when Star Trek Picard season two begins. But uh, it's still on my app, so I do see it. I do uh, note that once in a while. Yeah, but uh, I think I think this also goes to show that it's important to think of anime as something that's not just for anime fans. I think that um, the distributor, bo- both the distributors and broadcasters in Canada, I think that the trap they've fallen into is that anime is just thought of as something that only anime fans need to access. And there's no effort to get it to a broader audience. And, you know, Sailor Moon's kind of broken through that barrier a bit by being on Crave. Well, and I mean, I, I hope kind of, there's an appeal. There was always a long-term appeal to retro. And in various in various forms, whether it's in mainstream television shows, even sports, with with teams wearing their wearing old logos again, Sailor Moon kind of begins to fall into that in mm-hmm. in its own way. So, seeing it on the air has brought back some really interesting comments uh, through through the week from, from some of the tweets I saw, mm-hmm. like. Like I, I try the I see a couple of names that or that have associations with places that I recognize. I think a CBC radio host. Yeah, Amanda out. Amanda Paris, the host of uh, Marvin's name. Room. She has and, one of the most noter, uh, noteworthy tweets about it. Uh, mm-hmm. The one that caught my attention was Robin Doolittle. Yeah, she tweeted about it too. Robin Doolittle, the the author of the Rob Ford biography. Yes, we mentioned that last episode. Yeah. The the, the uh, who and she was she was well heralded for her work in uncovering all of that. Any uh, do we have any other so, um, noteworthy Canadian media personalities who uh, noted that? The, the managing editor of Mobile Syrup uh, tweeted about. Oh it. yes, he, he was not happy oh, wow. about the uh, the fact that it was a different dub. Um, no, I can't win them all. Yeah. And, and I get it. Yeah. As I said, we met, uh, I mean, Fan Expo years ago had one, uh, had an appearance by the, by the Toronto cast, by that, uh, dub cast. I was, that was, um, that was basically Fan Expo's first, fo- first foray into any anime programming. That was the centerpiece of their first year of anime programming to have the dub cast of Sailor Moon at the time. So yeah, I get it. It's a big. It was a big thing to have them. And then uh, I think a couple of years later they had the author of Mecha Tokyo, but that's another story. So I, I get the nostalgia play, and it built up some good, some at least some good PR for a for a week or so. But I th- it's still it's still um, getting a lot of attention. Good attention. That that's really good. Like it obviously it only trended for for a day. Uh, that I mean, that's that's run, it's run its course in that respect. But people are still finding it. Uh, people are still posting about it online. Uh, I am mm-hmm. I I'm because I'm, cause I'm I again hyper fixated on this. I am frequently checking like uh, tags like like Crave and Sailor Moon and seeing Canada. people posting about it. And there are still people like ha- posting like, oh my god, five seasons of Sailor Moon on Crave. I love the new dub stuff like that. And, yeah, and and some people praising Canada. Well, people praise yeah. Canada regardless. Sometimes. That's uh, that's always kind of weird, but, <laughs> uh, uh, but we're Canadian in that sense, I suppose. And, and hey, I guess it's also helping people recognize the fact that the streaming situation is uh, is is different up here. Oh, yeah, they, that's right. Like we 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 like our shows talk at length about Canada and anime in Canada. 
I mean, you obviously you've uh, taken that mantle to another level, Jess, and have done yeah, a great job with it. So, yeah. Um, and yeah, and I think that's a lot of people outside of Canada, especially in the U.S., just aren't aware of the fact that services like Hulu are only in the U.S. They, they, and they don't understand like the implications of that either. Well, that's that's the mirror. That's the mirror at the yeah. at, at the uh, 49th parallel that exists. Yeah. The one way mirror. <laughs> I, I, I got to say, I'm just happy that like people still love Sailor Moon, like on a not not just. Sailor Moon is not just loved by Sailor Moon fans, quote unquote, or anime fans, quote unquote, but it's actually still this big cultural phenomenon, um, which you don't get to see in action very much. And I will say it's also very cool that because they have that new dub, they're exposing people to like more what anime actually is, or just like the 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 normal format of anime. You you you, you turn it on, you, the first thing you see is a Japanese song. Um, which that's actually something that surprised a lot of people on on social media. I noticed as well. Oh, hearing the uh, hearing the ja- original Japanese version yeah. of the the opening. Yeah, because well, no, it's something that Sailor Moon says, right? So, yes. Like, at the yeah, very no, no, no Sailor says in this, but it's again, it's getting people used to anime and opening them up to anime. So if they do happen to stumble on other anime shows, they may be more willing to check them out. And I think it's all just a part of ma- of making it accessible exposing exposing it to people who might not otherwise seek it out and like destigmatizing it and, and stuff like that and that's that's really great yeah okay well i guess well there isn't too much else to add to this uh which episodes uh of uh zanin did you uh mention all of this uh must do a plug for your show sure so i forgot i did forget to mention at the beginning i am host of the zanin canada podcast uh which focuses on the connections between anime and canadian media uh, we do retrospectives on shows that have had a cultural impact in uh, in both English speaking and French speaking Canada. Um, uh, definitely check out the show episodes I've done focusing on the French shows like uh, like Goldorak and and Candy Candy. Uh, I thought those are the most fun, and I think those are also the most interesting. We did one on on Mini Fay, which was the first ever Canadian dub, as well. Um, and we uh, you know we devote entire episodes where we just rant about streaming services. Uh, I interview voice actors and other notable people. Uh, the most recent episode that is up at the time of this recording is my interview with Michelle Clough, who was a script adapter uh, for Ocean Studios. Uh, she actually worked on Pretty Cure and Death Note and a few others. And uh, we actually talk about mm-hmm. Sailor Moon. We, we start the episode by talking about the Sailor Moon uh, uh, announcement on Crave. Uh, we get, you know, talk about quite a bit about that. I have a new episode I'm, I'm editing right now. Episode 72 should be up probably around the same time this episode is up. Uh, and we go on about it for like, like almost an hour. <laughs> um, yeah, like, we, like we've been doing like here. Been doing here. I thought this was going to be half an hour. Um, yeah, well, yeah. And we, 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 you know, we, we really uh, get into more specifically why this blew up and, and, and the implications and, and everything. Uh, so yeah, check that out. And yeah. So Z- Z- Zanin uh, website, website yeah, just you can, find, you can find it at zanen.ca, Z-A-N-N-E-N.ca. I'm on Twitter at Zanen Canada. Uh, you can find me on Facebook. I have a coffee account as well, uh, ko-fi.com slash Zanen Canada. Uh, if you are a fan of my show and you like what I do, uh, please contribute because it costs money to, uh, to keep a podcast up. Oh, so. No kidding. No yep. kidding. It's, and 
And uh, you mentioned the I Miss Bionics blog. And yeah, we so I don't, I don't run I Miss Bionics. It's run by my, my uh, good friend, Jonathan Andrade. Uh, but you can find that at imissbionics.wordpress.com. It is the best source for Canadian-related um, anime news. And if you want to read more about WoW Unlimited and the whole history of that channel and uh, how it ties into the licensing of, of Sailor Moon, uh, you can... He's written, Jonathan has written extensively on it on that show, and I, I recommend uh, checking it out. Jesse, it was good to hear from you. Always, a, always glad to be uh, to join you guys. Uh, hope we can meet in person again soon. Oh uh, God, who knows? Uh, yeah, who knows? Um, yeah. Well, we're, we're, how, what's your situation in the now that we've hit? Uh, I guess stage two here in Ontario, but what's the situation in BC? It's up and down. Who knows? <laughs> I don't want to say anything. Up, it could be outdated. Yeah, it, it. I mean, it's gone up here. It's uh, ki- kind of up and down. I don't want to say too much because I don't know how the situation is going to change by the time this episode is actually out. Uh, hopefully, but, uh, we'll. Uh, hopefully, the turnaround for this episode will be less than three days. Yeah, we'll uh, let's all weather through it and and stay safe. All yeah, we can do. I know, I know you've been working at home, yep. so yeah. Thanks a lot, Jesse. Yeah, no problem. Well, when we get back. The rest of the stories. That's when the Anime Roundtable continues on the Six Talk Podcast Network. Hey folks, my name is Brett and I'm one of the hosts of Skeleton House, an audio-only Let's Play podcast where my two friends Jess... What is happening? Oh my god! ...and Steve... Even he looks spooked. ...play through video games and I edit them, add context, and act as your eyeballs. Also, we have a cat. Come check us out at skeletonhouse.budsprout.com or look up Skeleton House on your favorite podcast app. Or your least favorite podcast app. I'm not here to tell you how to live your life. And the podcast now continues. We are now taping on Friday evening, October 2nd, 2020. Nicholas Austin and Ng back in conversation with you. And we are now joined by Mohamed Shamarki. Glad you finally made it. Although, Mo, it sucks that you couldn't get in on the conversation last night. Yeah, I, I totally missed out, guys. Uh, you know, Eddie, you go uh, next time. Next time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we uh, we tried to uh, to the listeners out there. We did try and brief Mo on our conversation with Jesse earlier. And he'll have an opinion. James, Kevin, do you have any thoughts after that conversation with Jesse? Um, it was interesting to hear about WoW because I had heard of them in the past, but then forgot about them until that conversation. Hmm. Yeah, I didn't really think of them like. As I said, Jesse was the first person to kind of get them on my own personal radar. I'd never heard of them, but I looking at their lineage and the people involved and what they've been involved in, it's a bit of a name. So it's kind of impressive in that sense. It's really a matter of what they're going to do with that name. To be determined, I suppose. I guess it's the thing is... We do talk about the footprint in Canada of the media landscape. 
And I guess the biggest takeaway that you never really think about in our minds as regular Canadians is Bell and CTV are one of the biggest media brands in Canada. They have all these channels and all these things. And to think they don't have like a youth or kids oriented like channel after all these years that they have to rebuild again and after all these mergers and acquisitions and stuff like that. It's kind of crazy. Just for the listeners, especially those who are not in Canada, let's backtrack just a couple minutes here just to explain how we sort of got here with Bell. Various Through various acquisitions over the past, oh, decade, let's say, they took in Craig Media. Craig Media held the Canadian rights to MTV at the time, and then they rolled that into their own version of it. MTV in Canada has had two incarnations, just for reference. I think within Craig Media, there were a couple teen-oriented channels, but they went off the air. They didn't last. And those were, I think, long gone before the Craig Media acquisition. And Craig Media, just for reference... In their stable was what was, was what was called the A-Channel Network. And most notably within the Toronto area, they held two channels. One was Toronto One. That eventually evolved and was branched off and sold to Sun Media. That was the Sun Media channel for, or the, yeah, Sun Media, Sun News channel for a brief period of time. And that's gone long gone. And the new V and they own CKVR at a point. And that became the new VR. Those that was the original television broadcast channel for the Toronto Raptors, actually. And that oh, was Barry and stuff like that. And that's so. based in Barry. It became a channel. And then after it was sold to Bell Media, it became CTV2. Basically, CTV2 is the remnants of the Craig Media acquisition. The other noteworthy acquisition was Astral Media. That was in 2013. I bring up Astral Media because their most noteworthy property, if memory serves me right, was Family Channel. And Family Channel, which started like in the late 80s, that was the rights holder for a lot of Disney program from the eighties onwards until Disney brought in their own partnered with various broadcasters, I think with course, if memory serves me right to bring Disney branded channels into Canada and with it, their programming. But up until that point, Disney programming was on this channel on family channel. And it's been reduced since but around the time of the acquisition in 2013, Family Channel was sold off. And I'm trying to remember to who. I forgot the name of the uh, of the company that took in Family Channel eventually. But suffice it to say that if they had been able to keep Family Channel, that probably would have helped them for Crave and for linear services on the uh, youth and uh, children's front, possibly, mm -hmm. depending uh, on they, how that grew. In 2013, they were sold to a company called DHX Media, which is now known as Wild Brain Limited. And they 
And Wildbrain is known for uh, for their children's programming. As we talked about, I As think uh, about last group. night, uh, I think they did license a few things to them and stuff like that, but mm-hmm. they uh, were taken off grave, So, And then fast forward to 20... Was it 2017? Yes, 2017, while media's involvement, as we mentioned in the interview with uh, Jesse, WoW, uh, WoW Media Unlimited making an agreement with Bell Media to purchase one of their Category B channels. That Category B channel was Comedy Gold. That's now been mothballed until until WoW could decide what to do with it, which led to our conversation last night. In the meantime, though, the part of the deal was Bell Media took in a significant number of shares in WoW, WoW Unlimited, and that's where we are today. So that's the that's the basic story. It, it's a fact it, from for us that kind of like to keep up with these things. It, it's a fascinating story, and it was timely once again to have Jesse on. Because obviously he's well more well versed on these matters than I think we were ever were, even in the version one era of this podcast. But it still holds some fascination to us still. But as I said, Jesse does his research. He's done that stuff for years, well before the podcast. Oftentimes, any news that happened in Canada, he was off. And it was mentioned on something like Anime News Network. He was often the source of the, of that. So he's done this for, I'd say, twenty years, as long as I've known, like as long as I could remember keeping up with anime news. He's always been on the forefront of that type of stuff. So it was a real pleasure to have him on and to give us some insight and take another angle to the Sailor Moon story on Crave. The other thing I took away from it, though, was, like I said last night, because now the way now we are, that interview for us was last night, since that's when we taped it. To a fault, I have this habit of trying to connect as many dots as possible when we hear a story. And you know, you guys, I know, keep me in check from getting too carried away doing that. Jesse, I know, keeps me in check with trying to get too carried away with connecting dots. But the takeaway from the interview, from the conversation, because I don't like calling them interviews, but from our conversation with Jesse was, I think we can connect a few dots this time around. I think there's hope for Inuyasha of Sailor Moon as well. Back to you, back to your hopes and dreams on this one, right? Well, It'd be nice to have an Yasha. That would be the mo- That would be the more logical show to put up next. If this is going where we think it's going, yes. It, it I think personally, Bleach. personally, I would want Bleach. <laughs> Mo, I was getting. I was going to say, and Yasha would perfectly tie in with the new season, right? I mean, to promote that. Exactly. Yeah. You know, merchandise and stuff, maybe re-release some things. I mean, if they're going to do this, they might as well go old school, something nostalgic, and you actually would do it. Uh, you know, Sailor Moon does it, definitely. Um, I yeah. think they might be able to pull off, if they talk to Sunrise, maybe Gundam Wing or something like that. Because Gundam actually did 
somewhat well. So I think up so in Canada compared to the U.S. Oh, go ahead, Mo. Sorry. I was going to say, so, so, so did Escaflown. Escaflown would be good, too. Mm. Well, as I said, now now we're dreaming in Technicolor. We could well, be dreaming in Technicolor. I go seed over wing, actually. Hmm? Sorry? I go seed over wing. I go seed before wing. Okay. But yeah, seed and before wing are wing. the two we know were on TV and did their best, of course. I think the key thing, like, I think there's going to be some... Just to go back a little bit, I think the two cri- key criteria will be well, play nostalgia. I'm not going to say there's a number of criteria, so I'll strike that part out. But I think criteria here will be nostal- the nostalgia play. Sailor Moon obviously brought a lot of that out from some various Canadian personalities. The other thing will be anime for those who really aren't into anime. I think that'll be a key criteria. Sailor Moon gets into that easily. And a wide age range and stuff like that. That Which, as we said, that it falls into. Mm -hmm. Are they still airing Dragon Ball Z by any chance? What do we know about that? They're airing Dragon Ball Super in the United States on Adult Swim slash Cartoon Network. Yeah, that was the one I was thinking you could still do is like maybe Dragon Ball Z or Dragon Ball Super or something like that to see if they want to do that because that's one that could hit across uh, age range and uh, demographics. Okay, and I guess this comes down to another like another criteria criteria for me. You can go to Funimation and watch it now. That's the key one, and that's the other thing too. Yeah, so it's kind of and and this is Visa V and. This is vis-a-vis Canada for me. Is there a, a, a viable alternative to watching these shows in Canada at the moment? Sailor oh, Moon well, wasn't is, yes. really it. Tubi to some degree has it, but you know, Tubi's a very niche service that not many would know about. So like certainly not on, on the same level of Crunchyroll, Funimation, and even then that's not really... That's still fairly niche That's a word. So is there a almost mainstream alternative to uh, finding a, a show? Dragon Ball, where is that? It's on Funimation. It's getting there. Funimation, right? Yeah, it's getting there, but it's not wide. It's not wide enough. It's, 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 it's this, almost the center of the universe for anime fans, but what about... Not uh, non fans, casual fans for Dragon Ball. Yes, it's like I mean, that's what they, that's what Sailor Moon did. Yeah, Dragon Ball's in the same league. One hundred twenty percent. Dragon Ball's in the same league, but there's a place to watch it if someone's really searching for it. And but that's like, the thing is, you want that blue ocean, right? Crave mm-hmm. would be more of a blue ocean than Funimation Crunchyroll. Yeah, and so that's what, what I'm looking at too. What helped for Sailor Moon in this case is there isn't really an alternative in Canada. Well, to be aside, dub. especially for that English dub. But to there be, may be people, right? As we know, that may not know they want that, right? And then they just say, "Hey, it's recommending me this," or "Hey, I saw that on the front page, and I haven't thought about it in years, or something like that." And that. Steve Jobs was famous for. In his marketing, he he wasn't much for focus groups. He would always say consumers would know what we what they want when we put it in front of them. 
I, I do remember that. That was that was Steve Jobs. And trust. And by the way, that's also I think a line from Akio Morita, the one of the um, key founders or co-founders co of Sony, which mm -hmm. which we found out uh, in uh, Pure Invention, right, James? Correct. And yeah, that was uh, a and, part of that chapter we were and, reading. Yeah, and Steve Jobs really looked up to him mm -hmm. for reference. So. So that's my criteria. So I think that I think it's, a, it's the second one that I think is key. Anime for people who aren't into anime. That's what Sailor Moon is. Dragon Ball is it. What else? And the, I guess we have to go back into the 90s to see that. Right? Maybe we, to some degree we can get away with that with uh, if they can get Akira. And I guess we did talk about it before with Show Me and stuff like that. We talked about Pokemon. But the reason Pokemon wouldn't be one you would go after is Pokemon is everywhere. It is on all the mainstream channels. It's been there and seen that. You know what I mean? It's not it's like on Netflix, it's on... It? Yeah, it's on Netflix. And you can right. go to Pokemon's official website to watch pretty much all of the movies and seasons as well. Mm -hmm. So unlike Dragon Ball and stuff like that, it's pretty much scorched earth. Everywhere. Yeah. So... Inuyasha could be that, I suppose. Anything that from that YTV era that that you can't easily find right now, maybe uh, all, all the all the uh, hack the, the hack stuff, maybe could. But yeah. that maybe, that's maybe yeah. a little bit of a stretch right now. Do we really need to? Do, do they really need to inflict dot hack sign upon <laughs> the world? <laughs> Who knows? I mean, I know your template, Kevin, is more okay. What's on Hulu that we can't see in Canada at the moment? Basically, this is basically this is a viz play. That would be the bigger draw. The bigger draw would be to grab the things that are not accessible to us. So, like Bleach, like Naruto and Naruto Shippuden. Naruto is a possible. Well, Naruto is out there, but not all of it. And I, I, I know that was a big part of the conversation we had last night, right? But now that's an evolving story, and I get the feeling I'd like to think this isn't the this isn't the end of it yet. Be great, and we can hear more about it. Ironically, so Mike, I was thinking about just to finish off uh, what you said about things from YTV that people might remember that might be funny to throw on there. And I just thought about it. Samurai Pizza Cats. That'd be funny. And of isn't course, it's on... released and stuff like that. Uh, sub it and on Crunchyroll, though? And it is on Crunchyroll, I believe. And I believe the dub version is on there, too. But that would be mm -hmm. a fun one that I'm sure all ages would get a kick out of if, if they saw it. It has to be, fan yeah, a degree of family friendliness would help. But you would have had to be looking for and stuff like that. But that was on, like, I think, The Zone oh, I, and stuff like that. Oh, so I it hit that, that yeah, mark. Yeah. Well, who knows? This is a dare to dream. Nothing wrong with dreaming just a little bit. Well, that would and, be a, a pie-in-the-sky one. But it'd be a, I could see that one working in the mm -hmm. right environment. But I think to fans out there, and this is another takeaway, I think, that came out in that interview to us, did I say interview again? Take a shot. That conversation again is there are some people on the inside 
who want this too. Give them a bone. If you have Crave, once again, if you have Crave, and this is kind of paraphrasing Jesse one more time, put Sailor Moon on a loop. You can leave the room. <clears throat> I, just make sure. I've just, been, just I've been had the stop. Right? Sorry, I've been streaming it nonstop on all my devices. <laughs> so yeah, pad the stats a little bit because that's how they'll see it, and the people on the inside will have what they need to work with. So, Mo, since we can move the conversation far, is that how we're getting the anime back into the theaters? You've just been taking seats for the anime that has barely come over, like Akira 4K? <laughs> yeah. Every so, showing? Yeah, so, so I, I, I've been doing my part to bring anime back to Canada. By- Brilliant segue! <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, yeah, no, we want to... Like You mentioned this to us last weekend uh, mo you went to see you've gone to the movie theaters a couple times yeah i'm i'm I, I, risk your life by the I mean, way yeah you know what you're right i really shouldn't be risking my life like that i mean corona whatnot i mean look the, if, if the president of the united states can get this anyone can get this yes and just for reference to the listeners we taped our conversation with jesse last night just hours before the announcement for president trump came in and literally within a half an hour after we were done, my phone exploded. And I think the first notification I got uh, about that was from NHK World, actually. Honey, funny enough. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, Mo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, but I mean, luckily, uh, people are hearing the advice of public health officials and not going to movies. So that leaves movies for me to watch. Which means no one's in the theaters, and it's just just me. Pretty cool. So, how um, many people were watching Akira in 4K? Tell us. Uh, so, so I, I believe it was a grand total of two people in the entire all of Canada. <laughs> and uh, you represent half of only it. one person in the theater being you, and you got to live like a king. Oh uh, man! So, so me, me and a buddy of mine went went to go see it last Saturday. Um, we saw. <laughs> <laughs> we saw it at Courtney Park um, in Mississauga, and when we got to the theater, both of like the theater managers were there, and like one of the employees was there to rip the tickets, and they were so happy we were there. Just ex- <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I didn't shake anyone's hands or anything because you know coronavirus, but they're all like, "Oh man, we're so glad you came out. Have a good time." Um, and then we got in the theater, and it was just the two of us, and we. Um, so my buddy had never seen a cure before. It was the first time. Oh. Yeah, yeah. First time, 4K in theaters. It's amazing. Um, so how did the 2020 Tokyo Olympics turn out? Oh, tell us. God, I knew you'd make that reference. Yo, I will say this. He, he didn't notice it, but then I noticed it, and then I pointed it, and he noticed it, and he was freaking out. He was like, how do they know this? This movie's from the 80s. <laughs> how do they know this? That's great. It's kind of like... A, it's kind of like Back to the Future predicting the Cubs World Series win. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. Remember that one? <laughs> I, I, they got eliminated earlier today. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it's funny. The, uh, I haven't seen Akira in a while, so I kind of forgotten uh, the finer points of the movie, specifically the tax reform. I didn't really know this, but a large portion of the movie is about tax reform. Uh, kind, of like, kind of like episode one for, uh, for Star Wars. Um, apparently taxes are really big in, in sci-fi cultures, 
But uh, but yeah, there's a huge thing there about tax reform and how Neo Tokyo is going to shit because of taxes. Oh boy. <laughs> there's one scene in particular. I know everyone's seen this. Sorry, remembers, but it's it's the, the it's the new government trying to figure out this whole tax nonsense and blaming it on the former administration, saying how they fucked shit up, you know, and and now we got to fix it. And all I'm thinking, man, that's that's Trump. Trump fucked shit up, and now now they got to fix it. <laughs> but worthwhile. Like seriously, you were the only two in the theater at all. All the way? I think we were only two in the entire multiplex, let alone in that one screening of Akira. Yes. So that's why they were so happy to see you, probably. <laughs> I, 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 and I felt bad because I didn't buy any popcorn or drinks or anything. I had a mask on the entire time. I just went in, went out. It, I, you know, it's, it's, and, and, and on top of all this, because I, I don't want to say this, but I, I feel like I should, they had this promotion on where it was half price, um, uh, half the scene points to watch a movie that I would normally watch a movie. So we got two tickets for free because of scene points. Oh yes. Yeah. The, yeah, uh, I heard about that. The frequent, the frequent program that, that Cineplex offers through, well, Scotiabank, Scotiabank, I know uh, has a part, has their fingerprints on that too. Mohammed, it, it's, it's an independent program. Huh? Mohammed, is that on Tuesdays or is that just all the time right now? Cause they're that not was- for it. I believe it's until like the eighth of October, um, but if you have seen points, normally you'd be like a thousand dollars for a ticket, half that price, half the scene points to watch a movie. I actually have a thousand scene points. Hmm. You should do it, man. Take a buddy. Go watch uh, Lupin's in like a week or so. You can watch that. Uh, that's next on the on the agenda, isn't it? Lupin's in theaters here. Yep. Yep. It is. So if you go, uh, Kevin, to the events page under anime, there was nothing. And then Akira showed up in 4K as uh, Molu to it. So I'm guessing, did you get to see the experience? Was it worth all 4Ks? Should we get it in December when it comes um, out? Yes, 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 yes. A thousand times yes. I have Akira on, on DVD somewhere. And I have, yeah, I, I have it, a steelbook. I have an old steelbook, which is so all good. Match. Oh, so right right. they said that it's uh, December 22nd. It might be a little earlier for the Akira <clears throat> limited 4K Blu-ray release from Funimation. And I guess they said it has a booklet, has your Blu-ray, and has your 4K Blu-ray. And I think that is Funimation's first 4K release, actually. Interesting. Uh, is it the dub that came out with that, with the uh, Pioneer version? I think it's ago? the same one way they did the blu-ray when they licensed it before and stuff like that so i think it's just the i think it's just the jenny on pioneer dub and stuff like that okay so johnny young bosch plays canada i thought they did record it though and that just both of them were there oh even the streamlined dub from way back yes well it would be hilarious if they got the streamlined dub i somebody well, uh, they they never would have got that i think only discotech tries to take out everything and stuff yeah like that. it would be hard to find that but uh johnny young bosch who appeared at fan expo many years ago but he he would play canada in that dub and i know he he loved getting that role he was so excited to get that role <laughs> But thinking about it, since we talked about dub and sub, uh, was that in sub or dub? Because it doesn't actually tell you if there's a dub or sub version on the website for Cineplex. I think there might be a dub somewhere, uh, but it was sub. We, we saw a sub version of it. It's 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 funny because going into it, I mean, 
I don't really know how to explain Akira because the trailers and one are a bit misleading, so it's it's hard to explain it all. But I was basically like, um, that 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 dude right there has Tetsuo. <laughs> <laughs> think of him as Naruto, and think of Kanata as Sa- uh, Sasuke. Just give just give the comparisons, yeah, right? That's it. That's their entire it's something they can relate to. Yeah. Uh, and, and as you see Tesla right there, he's he's having the Nile tail, the Nine Tail Spirit put inside of him, and that's when he becomes so powerful. Uh, and Kanata, being Kanata, doesn't believe in his power, so he's like treating him badly and whatnot. And, and the entire time, everybody's like, "Oh yeah, man, that, that totally makes sense. I totally got that." Oh, boy. I no, is this like you're about. taking Ott's mentality and explaining a movie from the '80s and cyberpunk? Brilliant. Just as an addendum. Uh, Yes, the Funimation release does have both dubs. Oh, it's both dubs? Both dubs? Wait, it's no, weird, that, because they usually they don't get... That's odd. I guess I forgot, because it's been so long since I watched the Blu-ray. So, Cam Clark. Cam, I think his name was Cam Clark. He played Kaneda in the Streamline dub. And until we upgrade uh, our equipment or something like that, or get a PS5, I think uh, the 4K Blu-rays are not going to be for us. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Cam Clark... Just for reference on Cam Clark, he's also known as... Oh, yeah, he played Leonardo in the original Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles animated series in the 80s. Mm-hmm. That's Cam Clark. Yeah, he did do some cartoons and stuff like that in the 80s and that. But actually, we the last thing we'll say is that, yeah, if you do want to, the other anime event that Simplex has is Lupin uh, the Third, the first, which is the first CG uh Lupin, uh, the third movie, is also going to come to Canada, not just to the States. Uh, They said uh, mid-October. I think it's like October 18th and October 21st for some of the theaters across Canada, and it's going to be dubbed or subbed. And you just got to go to their website to figure their seating plan and get your seats. (laughs) That's how it works. Yeah, Um, and that one is... Well, it kind of comes back to what Mohammed has said about going out to the theater, you know, you pick your seat, sit down, you're not going anywhere. Mask I, on. I feel like if the rules were that, where it was more organized, more like like that, where it's like you come in, you sit down, you follow these lines, and you sit down in your spot, and you never leave, and you... If it was like that, I'd be down to saying people, hey, go watch movies and shit, but dude, it's not... People are, are not going to do what... I don't know, just, just don't go see a movie, guys. Yeah, like I was debating, thinking maybe I will go and see Lupin uh, the third, the first, but I bet you by the time I order a ticket, it won't even be available because they will shut down the movie theaters. That's my gut feeling. If we're talking mid-October. Isn't it Thanksgiving on Monday? No, it's not. It's in two Mondays. Remember second Monday of Oh yeah, Canadian Thanksgiving. So it'll be in three weeks, but yeah, I don't think theaters are going to be open in my gut. Instant. Well, I played in stage two by by Thanksgiving. Yeah, we play, you mentioned this to me personally, Mo. Uh, the over under on thing uh, as to whether or not we'll be in a uh, red zone or stage two or whatever the term. Well, will be. we're still in stages, Mike. It's only Quebec that decided we're just going to redo our system, and they went to a color coded system. So just it's for- red, orange, and yellow for yeah. Quebec. When did we go to a color system? That was only Quebec. Quebec changed their entire system, and they're now on a color system. Why? (laughs) Because they can. Uh, (laughs) 
Maybe they you know they can better communicate with the people because they've had their complaints too, right? So Yeah, just for reference, and I guess we're gonna let's uh I guess segue a little bit. Uh, over under what over under what would be th- for Thanksgiving as to whether or not we'd be rolled back and go back to starting to lock down here in Ontario. What was the number today? What was the number today? It was just over 700, but Again. in Quebec, they were over 1,000. They think that's in terms of new cases uncovered through the tests here. Mm-hmm. Uh, as we've mentioned in the past couple weeks, there has been steady upticks in number of cases here in, in Ontario, probably through much of the rest, a good chunk of the world. The fear, the belief is we're now in a second wave here in Ontario. It culminated this week when we hit, got over 700. Today, we got to 732. The belief is it's an inevitability that we will get over 1,000 at some point per day. Yeah. Yeah, they were saying that in October. So, so we think there'll be, or there's the belief, and I think the encouragement to roll back a little bit in terms of social dis social bubbles, and as we said in the past. So, just try to restrict movement for people's health and safety. Now, as I said, we when we talked to Angela a couple weeks ago, I revealed working in a casino. And I know that some casinos in Ontario were allowed to reopen earlier this week, but they're only allowed at most 50 people at a time. And only the slot machines in those places are allowed to open. So if you want to play your blackjack or baccarat, not right now, I think uh, players have to sign up online to get in. So you have to so it's 50 maximum, 50 players maximum, and you have to reserve online and hope that there's an open spot. So that's where we are here in this province and it's looks like it's going to we're taking a bit of a step back or maybe this is just the natural progression. A second wave was expected, but this is where we are. And with a lot of these things, as we've seen with Spanish flu and other things, the second wave usually can be bigger and stuff like that and more deadly if you aren't prepared for it. So that's why yeah, people and- are ratcheting up uh, the language again to get everyone prepared and not be uh, complacent again. A couple of things caught my attention about that. Yes, the sheer numbers are higher, but the testing rates are higher. I think it's always read into it a little more. I think with... As the numbers start to uptick a little bit, or as they were as they as they were steady in their valley over the summer, a lot of the people who came down with it were were younger. I think uh, under the age of forty, I think it was the line, and people with who are younger can generally survive a little bit more. But I think as the numbers have gotten up again. People want to say, look at the demographic this time around, and I think we're a good chunk are going back over 40. So once again, we start to get concerned because COVID tends to strike the older demographic a little harder. And they worry, obviously, about hospitalization and our, is our medical side coping? Yes, and of, and of course, and long-term care facilities. So that's where we are. 
And it's an ongoing story, obviously, for the world. And we'll see where we stand. Although, you know, this is like, I don't know how many episodes we've done in the in the COVID series. We've done quite a few. I think we've done more than a dozen recordings for the COVID series already. Uh, we'll double check that. Anyway. I didn't realize we had renamed yet again there, uh, Mike. What? The COVID series. Well, the, the the yeah the pandemic series of episodes, right? Everything we've done since March 11th. The pandemic era. Uh, well, but uh, yeah, never ended. To get back on the lighter note, uh, even though probably it won't show up, it's like Lupin the Third. I I was actually surprised that these things are still coming out in the states, and so I was like, oh, it actually is possibly going to come to Canada, but probably not because of COVID. But that one was an interesting one because G-Kids is the one uh, releasing Lupin the first, not uh, Discotech or TMS. TMS decided to choose uh, G-Kids this time to get, I guess, a wider release and stuff like that. But they are, if you do watch dub, they're using the original dub cast and stuff like that of Richard Epker and uh, Tony Oliver and stuff like that is Lupin. Ah, so there's a name. Well, so okay. it, it, it'll be a fun one, and hopefully they can get some more fans from that and, like, uh, discotheque hopes, I'm sure, as well, is that G-Kids can push that, and then some of those people that might be seeing Lupin for the first time might uh, want to check out the other uh, Lupin specials, films, or series that they uh, sell as well. So it might uh, rise their sales as well, which hopefully... Curiosity, yeah. Well, it's, it's Lupin's uh, historic title, but... It doesn't have the broad appeal of something like a Sailor Moon, but it has, uh, as in for non-anime fans, but within the fandom, the older fandom, Lupin still still has it. But Discotech has definitely built it because Genion just couldn't get the numbers and stuff like that. Funimation tried some specials and it didn't do as well for them, but Discotech has chugged along and I guess has managed to grow a, a fan base for that uh, series Lupin that they can still license stuff from it, which is nice. Well, discotech just works differently in many respects to me. And they can probably maybe take those lower numbers too, right? So, mm, yeah, I think so. Okay, so let's go down the line a little bit since we're on the topic of movies. So, word came down of agreements to do. Uh, another set of movie adaptations, but more based on video games. A couple weeks ago, there was... I'm, I'm trying to just look it up now. A couple weeks ago... Well, late September. So I believe it... I was looking it up now just to help you out, Mike. It was Sega, and then it was 1212 Entertainment and Wild Sheep uh, Content are working together to bring, I guess a new adaptation uh, of Yakuza to the big screen, I guess, uh, from the uh, Western Hollywood type side. Mm -hmm. That's that's one. And we'll get to you. We can get to Yakuza a little bit in a bit. Is that the, the other, one you're that, thinking? Well, Yakuza is obviously on the mind. The other one that's uh, sort of on the mind is Super Mario Brothers. That word came down on that. And that one has been going on for a while, I know, uh, too, and then they've had uh, more updates, obviously, since the management meeting in uh, September on that one. And that one, as I think you were searching for, that was between Nintendo and Universal. And okay. 
Illumination is the one that's doing uh, the movie. It's going to be an animated movie, not a live action like the uh, 1993 uh, disaster. Oh, you know, but- it's it's interesting because I, I wonder how much John Leguizamo hangs his hat on that movie. Sometimes there's that phrase. Sometimes a movie is so bad, it's good. Well, obviously for different reasons. I, I think Super Mario Brothers qualifies as one of those movies. Yeah, Showgirls too. <laughs> I oh, think what would have been interesting too is if they had gotten those things of the behind the scenes because they said both the main actors and that was Bob Hoskins involved were like at each other's throat. They had to keep them away from each other and they were drunk on set. It's like that's when you know your movie's like probably not going to work out that well. Well, work out in that <laughs> sense, but then it may be awesome in another sense. One of the takeaways, and this was meant, this kind of came out a few times. I was listening to the Anime Addicts podcast a couple weeks ago, episode 542, just for reference. Hey guys, what's up? And they brought up the notion that, well, they brought up the part that Shigeru Miyamoto would be involved in this production. And That's one of his big things they keep on talking about that's one of his big projects because he's not doing as much in the game development side and stuff like that even though he oversees things and stuff like that but this is like one of his babies i think that he's working on now yeah and they they wondered the merit of having the original creative forces involved with this and i guess that's where i'm i I am at it Uh, that's the part i'm wondering about a little bit more like we've seen this string like we know that adaptations of things like manga, anime, video games, it can be hit and miss, more often a miss, and what is it, a dumpster fire in a, what's, you know, in a trash can or something like that. I, I forgot the metaphor. I believe it's called a shit show. A uh, shit show in a dumpster fire. If, if, yeah. for, if you guys are looking for an example oh, of a shit show, oh, it was it was basically I think it was uh, it was Jake Tapper's rant after the debate a couple days ago. Bingo, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what we're talking about. <laughs> okay, but we're seeing this line now. Where, how do we put? How do I put this? We're seeing uh, the original creative forces behind a title getting more involved in adaptations. When, when that line came out in the Anime Addicts podcast, I was thinking about uh, creator of Fruits Basket getting more involved in the latest and ad- the recent anime adaptation of that because of how she butted heads with the director of the other anime adaptation. Yeah, I guess those two actually are similar in a way that, and then Super Mario Brothers, because they had previous uh, adaptations, well, that, and that was the creators that, that, weren't as much involved in, and now mm-hmm. it's like after they were gun-shy after that, when they come back, they're more involved in stuff like that, and the people they're involved with are kind of like looking up to them, and they want to be like, oh, we want to work with you, and stuff like that. Is co- you, you know I mean? Not at arm's length, but as co-creators and stuff like that. Like, Illuminations, Chris uh, Mela Dandry, uh, I believe his name is, is working side by side with Miyamoto to make the dream happen for uh, this Mario movie in 2022 and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. 
So it sounds like they're gunning for success and stuff like that. And well, he obviously is known from uh, the Minions movies and the Despicable Me movies. Okay. All right. Let, let's juxtapose that for to, to another recent Nintendo adaptation. That's uh, Detective Pikachu. Tell, did anyone remember the invol- uh, involvement of any of the original creative forces with that movie? I don't think so. Yeah, I don't believe so or anything like that. All right, well, let's go down the line a little bit. Because but I'm the other sure thing... like, Nintendo was involved to a degree and stuff like that. But as in terms of personnel, I'm not sure which people in the Pokemon company would have been involved and how much. Okay. Well, juxtapo- let's, let's go down the line a little bit. Because, yes, now we can come back to Yakuza. Yakuza was announced to, but... to be getting a Hollywood adaptation. When was it earlier this week or is it last week? Yeah, it was during just around the Tokyo Game Shows. Uh, yeah, so I thought it was last week because Tokyo Game Show was going on. But mm-hmm. just to tie up that bow on Nintendo, they had, uh, like, remember, they were everywhere in the 80s with licensing out and stuff like that, especially from Nintendo of America, but they kind of pulled back. But over the last many number of years, they've been going full force of taking all those IP and characters, the Zeldas, the Marios and stuff like that, and throwing it out there on all sorts of different products. And even, as we said, working with Universal also on the theme park angle because they have finished the theme park for the Super Nintendo Land or whatever they're calling it, Super Nintendo World, at Osaka. And that's all done. And hopefully it'll launch at some point because they wanted to release it with the Tokyo Olympics when all the international visitors were coming and they I think are working I can't remember if it's Florida or Hollywood but there's going to be a Nintendo theme thing there as well hmm. I wonder, how, I, wonder how, uh, I, w- I was about to say how much did Nintendo pay for that uh, to ha- to get Shinzo Abe to dress up as Mario at the Olympics a couple of years uh, yeah I remember we had talked about and you can't buy that, that. you can't buy that type of uh, I, and, and, and stuff like that if we had, Nintendo uh, got no money out of that but they got the publicity yeah, as we read uh, again in uh, Pure Invention, sometimes your best marketing stuff is things you don't pay for. It just happens on chance, and yeah. then you just run with it. Right. Well, that, we'll get back to... Actually, we, we can tie that in a bit later. Uh, going back to Yakuza, since, since since that was also announced last week. And that was the Western adaptation we were mm-hmm. talking and about earlier and stuff like that. And so we'll see how that plays out because there's been many uh, adaptations right that they announced them and they never pan out as much but it sounds like they're moving along and stuff like that with it because Mm. they have producers and stuff like that hopefully they get a writer they said they're currently looking for script writers and there's no further information so it's still in the early stages it looks like well let's go let's talk a little bit about that this um another sega property this is yakuza's uh, sega's number two property and the number one property had its adaptation sonic the hedgehog it comes on the heels of that and its success it got it did rather well yep to get another movie out of it so and that's and that's pretty good for sonic and stuff like that but that was an interesting one as we think about like because well, remember the design that, yes stuff like that well having now that we're on that on this topic does anyone remember how much of the original creative forces were involved with that movie? No, n- uh, n- Naka and stuff like that. Yuji Naka. 
the original creator Sonic, like they weren't involved a lot of them. Now, Yuji Naka is no longer with Sega and stuff like that, but a lot of the people were not involved. And so when these, everyone saw that first design, they're just like, what the heck is going on with Sonic? And so they got <laughs> enough blowback that they had to go back to the drawing board. And I forget, it was one of the, because Sonic has a lot of fans that kind of worked on fan games and stuff like that and then started working with Sega professionally. That's how we got things like Sonic Mania, right? So I think mm-hmm. one of the people that might have worked on Sonic Mania, I forget who it was in the community, but he was a professional and he helped to redesign that new look that showed up in the final film and everyone's like, okay, this looks more like Sonic. Well, I, I haven't seen it, but and I'm not familiar with Sonic all that much, I'll be honest. But it, but it does have Jim Carrey as Dr. Eggman, or I guess Jim Carrey or Joe Biden as Dr. Eggman. Very funny, very funny. I get that reference too. But it's kind of funny because Jim Carrey, just as an aside, I feel like I hadn't seen him in movies for the longest time because remember he kind of became reclusive he did art and all these other things but he didn't really do any movies for the longest time it felt like and now he's just kind of back with a vengeance mm-hmm. potentially playing joe biden well definitely he's going to saturday right yeah yep so On saturday night Live. okay um, so going back to yakuza for a second here i think uh the key name that also came out of a, i read a report that toshihiro nagoshi the creator the creator he had to green light it. He he was steadfast unless he knew it would be good. And that also makes it sound like Nagoshi will have a, a good chunk of input on this live action. Coming back to the whole original creative forces. Argument. That's what I wonder about because sometimes, yes, the creator has to green light. Yes, they are given like either a producer or an exclusive producer uh, role. But it doesn't always guarantee that they're going to be as hands-on. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's hard to say. Mm-hmm. Time will tell on that one. And the- yeah, time will tell. But as I said, Nagoshi seems to be really keep, going to try and keep up with this. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, I, I think it, it is ripe for a movie uh, making has a, for Yakuza like- and stuff like that. So I think it should turn out all right and stuff like that. Well, it, obviously, it'll come down to, you know, what parts of the story they will want to use. And the thing is, yeah, they have a lot to work off of compared to, say, uh, the first uh, live action movie that was made of this. And that one, it was called uh, Like a Dragon Prologue. And so they called it uh, Yakuza Like a Dragon is what I think they called it when Media Blasters brought it out on DVD. And that was actually directed by Takeshi Miki. Mm-hmm. So that one had a big Japanese director and stuff like that. And it uh, loosely followed the events of the first game. But I thought it was an all right. It was a good uh, representation of Yakuza and it was a good uh, Takeshi Miki film and stuff like that. It, it was his kind of thing to do. Okay. And as I said, Nagoshi will want to stay on top of this, or he stated he will stay on top of this, if nothing else. So we'll see how it goes. He. I mean, that's all you can really say. Yeah. But, well, sometimes, though, they'll see something, they'll be like, oh, this is great and stuff like that. And others may not feel that way. Because remember, Mike, I told you about, remember Ghost in the Shell, the Western uh, 
movie of that and stuff like that. And actually, the Japanese uh, creators and creative force behind Ghost in the Shell thought the movie was all right. And remember, everyone in the West, all we were talking about was they've whitewashed this whole movie and stuff like that of Ghost in the Shell with Scarlett Johansson and with all that. And they were talking on the Japanese side about, oh, it's this cyberpunk metropol- uh, metropol- metropolitan thing that is like international. Like they, it wasn't that they had to be Japanese or whatever, but they had a, a look of all the culture and stuff like that mixed together. Wow. They, they whitewashed Makoto at the very end of the film. Spoiler alert. Ah, but well, yeah, it was the mine, I would I, say on the main lead they should have got someone else and stuff like that. In but terms I guess of they race, that it was fine up until the very end. I was okay with the major not needing to be Japanese. I was cool with that. With with what happened at the end of the film, then that was when it was whitewashed. Is it on Netflix? To be clear, just to be clear, I had not watched it, it but I remember yeah. there was rumblings on that one from both. Guys. So, so what, what Kevin's alluding to is that there's a scene halfway through the movie where you find out Major is actually like the reincarnation of like an actual Japanese person type of situation. So, I, mad disrespectful that like a dead Japanese person is reincarnated into a white lady's android body type situation. Uh-huh. But, uh, it makes no sense. It makes no points. It doesn't make the movie any less than the movie is. People are whining over nothing. <laughs> but I guess you can kind of say it because for Ghost in the Shell and for Makoto, one of the key things we always hear about is her ghost being put into this cybernetic body and stuff like that. But yeah, probably the way they did it probably wasn't the best from what I'm hearing from you guys. Mm-hmm. Do we want to say something about... Battle Angel Alita before we end this. It's great. I mean, mean, we talked about it last year, but... That will be the best adaptation of a Japanese animated property for probably the next 30 years. That is my Mm -hmm. bold prediction. I I hate to agree with Kevin on this, but I think he might be right. I would say, yeah, that is probably clear, and it definitely helped that James Cameron was a fan of Battle Angel Alita, and he waited forever to kind of get that out the door, and all of them just worked hard it was, to make it that was happen. So, it felt anticlimactic when it did come out, but... Required I enjoyed it. Well, the movie. I, I mean, going back to it, I did enjoy it. It's probably better it worked out the way it did than, say, for example, the Dragon Ball movie. Well, that's true, too. Dude, okay, yeah, it, 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 it could come down to yeah, maybe a, a creator taking the company line. So let's see if, if, if Nagoshi eventually goes that route. We'll, we'll find out as time goes, I suppose. I need Kazuma to do all the mundane things you can do with him, like in the video games. <sighs> True. I need him True. to play baseball. I need him to take care of little babies. I need him to do wacky contests. Or else it won't be the true Yakuza experience. Well, it's a lot to pack into what could be likely a two-hour thing. I mean, that, once again, it'll come down to what they pick and choose. Okay. Oh, and, and going back to like tie this all into pure invention for a second, James. Fans become so aware of this 
how much of how much creative license can you get away with when they make an attempt towards mainstream? I mean, that's sort of where I'm coming to with uh, as I as we continue to read um, Pure Invention, the two of us. And for reference, James, what what page are you on? Uh, I am actually at the same point I told you last time, which is I am at chapter seven, a new anime century. Okay. So well, I'm one chapter behind. I'm uh I'm on chapter six. Uh, I'm at the beginning of. M- uh, chapter six empire of the Schoolgirls. so actually i'll give you because they have little quotes before each chapter and so i'll read uh, the two little opposing quotes and stuff like that and so at the top it says otaku and then it says people who are interested in a particular genre or subject are extraordinarily knowledgeable about it and are lacking in social common sense and that's from kojian the japanese dictionary sixth edition 2008 the next quote below it is the vast majority of japanese animation is made by humans who can't stand looking at other humans and who is that quoted by but a very noble old man called heo miyazaki 2014 oh boy boy. at least that isn't bad you should see chapter eight about gaming these two quotes and compare them the first one is I think video games are evil. And who do you think said that? But Yoshiyuki Tomio, creator of Gundam. And then the quote below is, video games are bad for you, question mark. That's what they said about rock and roll. And who said that but Shigeru Miyamoto? Mm. <laughs> Compare those two. As I said, we... James and I highly just recommend reference, reference. Tell me always right. Just want to let for you reference, know. Uh, now that you had me thinking about the quotes, uh, chapter six, Empire of the Schoolgirls, Kitty Glows, Goes Global, because the, the chapter before was about Hello Kitty. You learn much more about a country when things fall apart. When the tide recedes, you get to see all the stuff it leaves behind. Timothy, Gren- uh, Timothy Genther, U.S. Secretary of the Treasury, on Japan in 1990. This was just before the uh, as the bubble. oh, and then the next one below all the emotes, all those emoji, uh, emo, uh, an emoji. Could you story. translate that for me, Mike? Because I'm still uh, smiley face, smiley face, Japanese flag, uh, arrow saying soon, torn money, flying oh money, God. money Three, flying uh, away, screaming cat, screaming cat, poop, question mark. Uh, I don't know how to translate that. I'm old. Okay, I'm old too, so I was confused. I understood the first one, but not the new age one. <laughs> Yeah. So, well, as I said, it's a big uh, recommendation. I guess we'll reflect more on this as we finish it, James. James and I will do that anyway. And as I said, Mo, Kevin, everyone listening, recommended reading. Especially uh, easy for anybody who actually enjoys listening to this show, both of you. Okay, personal level. Uh, going back for a couple seconds before we end off tonight. Yes, I did finish uh, ya- Yakuza. I finished Yakuza Kiwami uh, last week. And now I'm taking a break because I got to catch up on other stuff. Gotta, I got to finish said Pure Invention. I got to finish said Card Capture Sakura Clear Card. I got to uh, post some stuff on eBay. I'm sorry, Kevin. Oh, no need to apologize. Yeah. I mean, we, we still have to talk about, uh, like, you know, from the lesson a couple of weeks ago, I still have yet to really do it. It's just, well, it's one of those weeks, I suppose. Well, but, no. uh, you're, 
I know. I mean, yes, no hurry yet, but yes, yes, no hurry in one sense, but yes, Christmas is coming too. And, you know, you might have a captive audience if people are locked up again. Yep. Yep. So, uh, what, you know. What's the under over on there being stage three by Christmas? Going back to stage three? Yeah. Assuming we're taken away from it? Yep. Ooh. Uh, over. I think because cause I think if we pull back, we won't find ourselves. If we pull away down to stage two or stage one here in Ontario, I will be personally surprised if we get back to stage three before the new year. I also agree with that. I feel like once we go down, we're not going to back out. Not quickly. 2020 is over, guys. 2021, we'll see what happens. 2020 ended back in mid-March around episode uh, around the March 11th episode. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I don't know. Um, well, I'm done with it okay. Well, we, we most of us have, uh, I think. And yeah, we've all faced certain hardships. So we're, I mean... And we can only speak for ourselves. I, I mean, I'm glad you guys are still around. I'm happy that we were able to start this pandemic series. I forgot exactly how many recordings. I'll check the recording. Go talk for a second. I, I'll check how many recordings for. I'll have to say, if you're an introvert, man, is this a great time for you, assuming you still have a job. I was going to yeah. say, you had to have money to actually keep up with your passions because people usually want money in return or well, your personal information. What your hobbies are really like, Hey, there's so much free content on the internet. Yeah, there is. And actually you know, thinking about it, maybe it have, are you looking like me and have and have like 500 volumes of manga that he hasn't read yet? Oh, that's awesome too. Think of Same how here. many trees were chopped down for that manga, Kevin, how many rainforests you destroyed. And maybe like one. Look at yeah, I say, I say that as I'm holding my copy of Pure Invention. Way to go, James! Don't worry, I did it on a spite when I killed all those rainforests. For reference, this is now the 16th recording in the pandemic era, or in the pandemic series. Oh God! So sweet 16. Era? Did I say era? Oh my goodness! And you don't have to. Uh, you don't have. You don't have to justify why you don't want to go outside because you can't go outside anyway. Dude, it's so nice. Or if you're getting married, you don't have to invite those people you don't like because now you have a good... (laughs) Okay, on that topic, uh, James. James, how's uh, how's Matt? Uh, He's doing quite well and we had well below uh, what we needed. I think we were below 35 people. So up to 35 max, and we were outdoors and stuff like that. But there were some weird people in masks, because it was like a community center sort of thing, that were on a hill watching us. But we were also in masks, so maybe they thought we were odd too. (laughs) In our own social bubbles, staying away from each other. Yeah. I'm trying to remember Matt's appearance on our show from back then. I can't remember exactly. Oh boy, it's been so long. It's there. It's there. It's just I have to look. I have to make sure exactly where it is. But congratulations to him. I I, um, I saw the picture earlier on Facebook, a a picture from the wedding. So sounds like he's doing okay. Uh, You know, jokingly, every time I hear we talk weddings, there are two quotes that often come to mind. 
from various sitcoms. One was from John Larroquette in during the John Larroquette show. And he just said, and I forgot the context. Wife rhymes with life, but mean opposite things. The second one is uh, even more ta- is even more um, more of a zinger. It's Al Bundy in one episode of Married with Children when he was when he and Peg were looking through a video store trying to pick a movie to watch, and he picked up a copy of Four Weddings and a Funeral and then exclaimed, Four Weddings and a Funeral! Isn't that five of the same thing?" So that was a good line. I thought it was a good line. It was a good line. That show was really good. That was a good show. <laughs> but who knows? Well, as I said, I got to I got stuff to catch up on. So I don't know what, what what's on your what's on your cues before we uh, end off this week. I'm I'm rewatching Seed. I literally have the DVD in front of me. Which oh one? wow, you're watching Seed again? Damn. Oh, I, okay. I, I, I was doing what, 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 uh, what Kevin suggested. I was Marie condoing my room. Uh, I, I found out that I have Prince of Tennis for some reason. And uh, I have uh, the box set of uh, Gundam Seed, the Anime Legends version. Can I remember Anime oh. Legends? Yeah, oh, I remember those. Those were the Bandai label. I feel like those would still have value since they have the old dub and stuff like that, and they are going to provide that on, I think, the special edition of the yeah. right stuff ones, but not on the regular one because they're the remastered uh, ones. So, like, it was like they redid animation, all this other stuff, so they had to redub it. Okay. Yep. Wow. So I'm guessing those yeah, old yeah. ones might still have value, I guess. I have the old comic done copies of it sitting. Oh, like here. the singles? Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, I bought it as the store closed down all those years ago. But So was it just uh, the first season of Seed and not Destiny, or was it both? I got Destiny, wow. too. I got both. I got Bill both. put out Destiny eventually, but this release is just Seed. Oh, are you no, talking no, about I was, saying, I was talking to Mo <laughs> if he had Seed and Destiny, or he just had Seed when he was cleaning up. Just just Seed. Uh, they broke it up into two parts, so I just got the first and second part of Seed, so just Seed. Uh, yes, Seed Destiny, the better way to go with that is the movie releases. The movie compilations are the better way to experience Seed Destiny because they cleaned up a lot of the inconsistencies in the plot and storyline. Hmm. Okay. And I, I, fig- I figured for you, Kevin, you what was the show you were finishing up last time we talked? I'm now 17 chapters away from finishing prison school. Well, yeah. I thought uh, Kevin was going to start uh, Higurashi since that started this week, but we'll be a week behind because we are watching free on Funimation. If Higurashi does not bring me back to watching anime streaming as it comes out, nothing will. <laughs> I think they said like it basically looks like other than pacing and animation, it's going to be the same Higurashi we remembered, and that at the ending, they used the same opening as the original, I believe. Oh, yes. Eiko Shimamiya. Oh, man, I miss her. I miss her singing. <laughs> but James. I think I'm going to be watching that next week. Like Because, yeah, the fall season's coming up, so... That'll be great to see some things. I'm definitely going to watch uh, Golden Kamui uh, Season 3. So that's coming this fall. That's and I think that's, that's in my Crunchyroll queue, actually. Yeah, and that's next week. It's kind of, but that, that one's weird for the anime because 
they skip certain chapters and stuff like that. Because if you're keeping up uh, with the Viz release, and it's uh, coming up close to the Japanese because they have 17 volumes on already, there are some chapters they skip in the anime and stuff like that. And mm-hmm. some that were animated, but they were done like as a release with the manga. You know how sometimes they'll release some... Uh, anime episodes with a manga and stuff like that. They did yeah. that with um, Golden Kamui, but they've never been licensed by Funimation Crunchyroll since that's a title that's tied to both of them still. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and you still got uh, Pure Invention to finish up as well. Yeah, and then I, I might think- check down again. I was looking, Retro Crash is still adding stuff, and I saw today they added to their catalog, and it's a title Sentai had, but Sentai, it looks like the license ran out for it, it uh, is uh, from the creator of um, Kino's... Uh, Kino's Journey? Yeah, Kino's Journey. He had another mm-hmm. uh, light novel that was called... Uh, it was not called Allison and Lilia, but it was from the same world. So you had Allison for three volumes. Then it focused on the daughter of Allison and Will called Lilia for three volumes. Then you had, I think, another part of the series, which was with Lilia's friends for... I think a few volumes, and then they had a two-volume uh, epilogue with all the characters and stuff like that to tie up the world, which is really neat. Mm-hmm. But the anime only focused on uh, the Allison novels, those three novels, and the Lilia part of the series, which was in the future, which uh, was for three volumes or so. And so uh, it's 26 episodes, and 13 episodes focus on Allison and Will, and then it goes into the future, and then the last 12 episodes focus on Lily and stuff like that, and they're like uh, three stories in each uh, arc, so for Allison and for Lilia, but it's a fun little series from uh, Kino's uh, creator and stuff like that. It's, it was from uh, the mid-aughts and stuff like that, and remember yeah. we had like Haruhi and all those different otaku shows. This was kind of like one of those breath of fresh airs because it's just a show about adventure and stuff like that. Okay. Well, as I said, I've already stated and my uh, to-do list. So I do. Oh, go ahead. One last oh, thing. I was going to ask. So I'm trying to decide on what long form manga series I should tackle next. So after prison school, I'm likely going to read Moo by Osamu Tezuka, hmm. but I'm trying to decide between and then I'll probably like catch up with B stars after that, but I'm trying to decide if I should read Video Girl I or if I should finish Twin Speaker. Your choice. I mean, I I can speak for Video Girl I, and well, that w- that's a favorite of mine. But there's a bias there. Yeah, I, I would I, I would really be able to tell you like Masakazu Katsura is one of those those favor personal faves of mine. And that so that and eyes, yeah, I like eyes too. So, but yeah, since both of them are done and stuff like that, if you have all those volumes, then it's like whatever you're fancy, right? Whatever you pick up first. Mm-hmm. The thing I can't or, decide. Well, or maybe I can add another suggestion, although it's not anime. Mo, I mentioned this to you earlier in the week too, I think, but I was looking on Humble Bundle this week, and. This is kind of topical because uh, one of the more popular shows right now on Amazon Prime is The Boys. It's been heavily promoted. 
latest season is up online on their service. And as many know, that's based on a a graphic novel that I had run. And I noted a couple weeks ago that Humble Bundle was offering an ebook version of the entire Boys series, along with Project Superpowers. So the bundle is can get as much as I believe just under twenty dollars Canadian, and you can get the entire entire the Boys saga digitally, along with the entire Project Super Superpowers saga. If anyone's interested, so you can see what what the story really was behind the now hit Amazon Prime series. So I, I'll put a, I, I will put say a this: anyone who hasn't seen The Boys yet, uh, go watch it. It's pretty cool. Uh, and Amazon's doing this pretty cool thing where they're releasing it uh, week to week instead of all at once, which is pretty nice. Uh, no, it's not. Uh, it's not The Boys. Why are we doing that? It's 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 honestly it's the best of both worlds. So it's a it's an eight episode second season. They released the first three episodes uh, like opening night Friday a few weeks back, and then it's new episode every week until they're done. So five weeks, about a month, pretty much, yeah. And that's how it should be. That is how oh, all yeah. TV shows should be. Well, yeah, that's... episodes at the beginning, and then we'll follow week to week. That happens yeah, a lot. I, I agree. agree. Even in regular broadcast television, you get that scenario. Sometimes during a season premiere, you'll see multiple episodes consecutively. If it ain't broke, don't fix it. So that, 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 that's, actually, that's actually a formula you've seen on broadcast TV in the past. And, and now they have uh, like the boys after show for it as well, the way The Walking Dead does. Which is pretty cool. Okay. <laughs> well, as I said, if you want to read the original, the original comic... All 12 volumes. Huh? All 12 volumes. Yeah, and uh, for reference, that goes into for another 11 days as of this recording, so under two weeks. Uh, I forgot the exact date. So uh, I had 11, what's today's date? Uh, so around the 13th, I think it ends. 13th or 14th of, hey, you can get something just in time for Thanksgiving in Canada. But there's a, one final recommendation right Oh, there. dude, just here? Former reality TV host has tested positive for COVID nineteen. Oh, we'll talk about that on the air, uh, off the air. <laughs> well, I guess that's it. That's all we got for this episode. Thanks for listening. Good night from Toronto. Join us again for another edition of the Anime Roundtable.